Welcome back to another episode of the Tourism Geographies podcast. We hope that you've been keeping well since the last episode. And looking forward to learning more about the cutting-edge research in tourism and geographies published in the journal Tourism Geographies. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of podcast, uh, TG, uh, Tourism Geographies podcast. We have a very exciting speaker here today, Professor Ian Newman, who's based in, in Netherlands. Welcome, Ian. How are you? Good. I'm good. Very good. It's 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 wet and overcast, but that's just similar weather to Scotland, so you'll know what it's like. It's actually very sunny here in Glasgow today with blue skies. Welcome okay. to uh, the podcast, Ian. So I'll just straight to the first question. What problem or question was this paper or research setting out to understand? I think the purpose of the paper was just to... Basically, the paper was a critical reflection. To me, it was a histor historical paper. And through a critical reflection of the evolution and development of tourism futures as a subject and why it came about and where it was going as a topic. Um, so it was this crossroads. And it was very much a, a reflection of my work because I've been right at the forefront of scenario planning and tourism futures. So it was it was basically a, a historical paper about a critical reflection of the evolution and development of tourism futures and scenario planning within a, the tourism industry and, and why it developed it in, in such a way and where, where it was going. Interesting. And what was the background or context of the work? Well, I think the context about now, because from an academic perspective, we tend to become interested in futures work when we think of the future as very critical. We tend to think of futures work when we're in, when it's conscious and when we're in a, a lot of uncertainty and we don't know where to go. So right at the heart of futures work, there's a saying, when you have dystopia, you want utopia. When you have dystopia, you want utopia. And where you have despair, you want hope. So when you get to the bottom of somewhere, you're right at the bottom. The only way you can look is look, look upwards and forwards. Hence, there's two things that are happening at the moment where there's a lot of uncertainty. We've come through COVID-19 and COVID-19 transformed the tourism industry. So the future of tourism became very conscious. conscious. And people were asking, this was a disruptive event. Where do we go from here? because COVID-19 was not something that was over in six months. It went on for two or three years and it had serious implications on society. And as a consequence of that, many destinations said, what is the future of tourism? What is our hope beyond COVID-19? And right at the forefront of that was rebuilding tourism or regenerative tourism in the terms of that. So that's happened. So it's consciousness. And the other thing that's ha happened, at the, at the, particularly this year, has been the emergence of AI as a very hot topic. So that came to the forefront because of ChatGTP. And, you know, just even this week, there's been a big government conference on the future of AI and ethics. Um, so AI is a transformation. And again, we don't know where it's going. How fast will the pace be? So again, it's very conscious. So again, futures work is right at the forefront because futures. The, the reason we have futures work is to make sense of, of, of future directions. 
in the terms of that because there's lots of variables up there at the moment and what we do with futures work which is future studies the the, the general theoretical framework we use for that is the work of james daytner at the university of hawaii and he has a series of laws about future and one of the laws is no one can predict the future but we can discuss a range of alternatives so we can't because so we we discuss options or what we call scenarios and the research methodology we use in future studies is predominantly scenario planning and scenario planning basically propositions four scenarios about the future based on different circumstances and different events and we use that framework to make sense of the future in discussion pathways choices we assess risk uh, and we take decisions around that so they have been you know future studies is conscious at the moment because of COVID-19 and AI, but it's a, it's a methodology that's been around for the long time. You know, scenario planning as a method came to prominence in the 1970s with Shell and the Shell method, and they used the Shell method and scenario planning to make sense of of the of the Israeli Egyptian Arab wars that were going on and the, and the impact on the price of oil, and they saw a pathway through that. And more recently, in the last 10 years, scenario pl planning has de e has developed into what we call a theory builder. So when we predict when students are doing PhD work or master's degree degrees or researching the future using scenario planning as a conceptual framework in order to frame different options and different pathways, because again, with research, much research looks backwards, but very little research looks forward. And by using scenario planning in future studies, we can we can use a scenario planning as a theory builder to make sense of tourism for industry, but also to shape our theoretical understanding of the different directions of tourism and where tourism's going. Really interesting. Ian, can you also briefly describe the the theories or the concepts that underpins this work yeah it's it's it, it goes back to james deadner's work james is a he's 80 i can't remember he's 85 86 he's a professor of um political theory of a, a professor of futures theory in the de department of politics and at the university of hawaii and he was the first person that developed frameworks he basically said we can't forecast the future but we can talk about it and he came up with data's four alternatives or alternative futures and that has then moved on into different there's been a, a different range of schools so for example to cook university in finland is the european the big european researcher on future studies and they've developed their own framework and i i tend to use Anne bergman's work from that university and basically she's worked as built upon data's work and she says when we discuss the future you talk about four different things. You present a world in which is a, a prediction. And basically, when you're talking to the future, do, are you, is the future, has it, is it something that's truthful or do you have to explain it? So, for example, a predictive future is based on facts and figures. There's lots of knowledge. There's lots of underpinning data that would shape that future from that perspective. Her second window that she looks at the future is a prognosis future. And prognosis future is based upon 
it's it's based upon truth, but truth that's not factual. It's truth as a belief system. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a prognosis based upon the future. I believe this is going to happen. So basically, when you go out and interview people about what is the future of tourism, it's their belief system that's shaping that future. The two other forms of futures are um, science fiction futures. These are science fiction futures not based upon truth. They're based on weak signals. They're based upon facts, but they're very small. It's all, for example, emerging technologies, science fiction, where you have to extrapolate the future, make a series of interpretations. And that's very much the what if question. What if this happened in society? But you overemphasize the, the future and, and trying to explain how it could happen. And the other futures work are utopian, dystopian futures. These are about what are the events and circumstances which would lead to, lead to the collapse of society. And from that, if you've got collapse, it's how do you uh, manage that through crisis management or how do you prevent that? Or how do you create a vision to move on from there? So when we talk about that model, for example, when I do a futures work, I tend to say, what is, for example, what is the future of European tourism? One example would be a forecast model based on tr- strong data. Another future will be based on an alternative understanding, based on opinions. Another future will be very radical and transformational, come from the science fiction literature, usually very technology orientated. And a fourth future is usually a collapse scenario. What is the worst case scenario you have for climate change? And how do you? And what would therefore your vision be for the future? So they become frameworks to discuss um, the future of tourism. So that becomes the theoretical underpinning from from an ontological perspective. It's what is your belief system? What do you believe at a very at the heart of tourism should be? What should the foundation be? So they're the, they are theoretical for it conceptual frameworks, theoretical frameworks, but they are the lenses you use to look through to say what the future is. Oh, really fascinating, Ian. Ian, so mm-hmm. um, what are the kind of maybe two, three key takeaways for the audience from your work? If you want to understand the future of tourism, it's just about thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it goes back to data's law is nobody can predict nobody can sit down and say the future of tourism is going to be this but what we can do is discuss an alternatives and if you really want to be into futures research you need a strong process of understanding the environment and the terms of the drivers and the trends how those drivers and trends could unfold to different scenarios and you also need to understand the, the concepts of disruption and t- tipping points. So you need a systems approach to be able to model tourism and then a framework for discussion, which is which is scenario plan which is I use as scenario planning, but there are other methodologies as well. Thank you so much, Ian. It was really fascinating to listen to you and I didn't really learn so much or read so much about future of tourism and all this scenario planning, but I recently learned through working with you and reading your work it's been it's been really really interesting but i agree that we cannot predict the future but we can discuss the the options right yeah yeah we can and i think that's what you know i'm an academic in tourism futures and i think that's what the role of universities are Mm 
Mm. Um, universities are the mind and the consciousness of society. And I think we there has to be, a, in universities from a research perspective, there has to be a degree of independent thought. That's why freedom of speech is important. And it's really important for us to research and present alternatives of, of where we're going in the terms of tourism, because we are the big ideas. So, for example, if you look at the, all of the debates about climate change, if you look at the papers in the 1950s and the 1960s, it was the academics and the academics and the universities that were leading the debate on sustainability uh, and where it was going, but it was fundamentally ignored. We went down a different pathway. But universities and tourism academics in particular have a really important contribution to make in the terms of bringing an intellectual debate to tourism about the future, but at the same time, saying if this is the intellectual debate about it what could it mean for tourism from society from a business and from a community perspective because universities are also not about ivory towers it's also about practice and the importance of futures work is to get bring guidance to industry bring guidance to industry and society of where tourism can is going or where it is going so it's it's practically helpful for their planning and yeah yeah, yeah, it is. Regions, right? Yeah. Absolutely everything. So if you want to understand the future of religious tourism mm -hmm. or the future of European tourism, you can write different scenarios from different perspectives and you just make sense of them. But by talking and discussion, you can find a, a, a pathway because people also talk about not about scenario planning, but scenario thinking. How do you change the mental model? to understand the future? How do you change attitudes? How do you surface assumptions? How do you work with other people in order to action change? Mm. That'd be really crucial for actually climate change research. Mm. Okay. Well, it is, but, cl but climate change is a debate. We've, we've moved, climate change now, We know, it, it, it's not about uncertainty, it's about certainty. It's very conscious of where we're going and when something's important, people action importance. And we've seen a flurry across the world of destinations and countries and businesses saying, how do we action climate change? So policy focus now is very much about regenerative tourism, sustainability. There isn't a policy document or a business strategy that's not about sustainability because it is a threat to the future of the hospitality, tourism and events industry. Definitely. But Ian, just out of curiosity, why did you get interested in the, this future studies? Because um, I don't want to many scholars. Just... No, it isn't. Well, I'm, I'm quite, I'm, I'm a bit of a maverick. I've always been a bit of a maverick and I believe in, in, in alternatives. I believe in fun and I've always been a bit of a Star Trek geek. I like Star Trek, Book Rogers, Captain Scarlet, you know, Logan's run all of these science fiction films and they've all got a degree of futurism about them. Oh. So that's one way. So it, you have to do research that you would enjoy. And people people always want to know what the future is, but we, we weren't making sense of it in tourism because we live in an academic community in the terms of publications where it's about certainty and truth. Publish till you perish, quantitative methods, it's, it's about facts and figures where the future hasn't occurred yet. and the, But that's the only place you can go to. And it was one of these things where 
you, I could make it up. As long I could make the research up, as long as it came from somewhere and it was rational and it was perspective. So I, I felt with, and I also felt with Futures work, it, it was fun. And people were listening. People want to listen in the terms of where are you going? Because I was probably, as the paper describes, I'm, I was one of the pioneers in future studies. And I do a lot of work with industry. I do a lot of keynotes with industry and associations, and I write. So people were listening to me. So therefore, my research has impact and influence from an industry perspective. And, and it also includes academic research. I'm pleased with what I've achieved. And I've just, and also I've been in the right place in the right time. You know, I was in Scotland in 2002. Mm -hmm. Visit Scotland was looking for a scenario planner. I was in Edinburgh. I was, in, I was doing a PhD on systems thinking. It, I knew lots about tourism and I could do scenario planning. So they, they recruited me. And that was the beginning of a career pathway, working with Brian Hay and Malcolm Ruffhead at Visit Scotland. They gave me an opportunity. So yeah, I just enjoyed that. It was, it, it was really good. And now working at NHL Stenden and at the Hotel School and at the European Tourism Futures Institute, I'm sort, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm in the last decade of my academic career, and I'm just writing. Are you sure about doing... this? Sorry. Last decade. It doesn't. Yeah, but you know, the last decade of my academic career before retirement, if you know what I mean. And at the moment, I'm just writing, and uh, I can, uh, I've been asked to be speculative lead on the future, make sense of the future. Because again, it's that debate about academia. It's really important for me to have a strong theoretical underpinning to research. But at the same time, what does it mean? What's the context? What's the value and how do you contribute to industry? And at the moment, I've got the best of both worlds in the terms of doing that. And so I've got an enjoyable space for writing you know, a PhD and doctoral students in Europe. Europe's very different from New Zealand because there's lots of different cultures here and countries. It's bigger. So, yeah, I'm just doing lots of different things. And I'm nearer to my football team, Sunderland AFC. So, yeah, but I think because of, you mentioned this in your paper, but because of we are going through so many crises right now in the past few years, people will listen more of our features. I think people more people were interested in the yeah. future even more than ever before, I feel like. so. We, we do, but we forget that tourism is, is very, very resilient. So, mm -hmm. you know, I always show a graph, which is the number of international arrivals. So we had 55, 25 million in 1950 from the UNWTO. And that's always grown to 1.3 billion in 2019. You had, in the 1970s, two Israeli-Arab wars, oil crisis. You had um, the Suez crisis in 56. You had the Korean War. The only blip in, the only years tourism went down fundamentally was 2007, to 2007 2008, when we had the global financial crisis, but it, it quickly recovered. And even today, with COVID-19, where to, international rivals dropped by two thirds over two years. It's, it's rebounded hugely. We, 2024 will be, will be 1.4 million 
1.4 billion international arrivals. And then we look of where, t- where tourism's going. So it's a very re- resilient industry. You know, the big cha- issue now is, is climate change because it's a tipping point and what impact that will have on those flaws and in, in distribution. Um, but there's so much we can do as academia to make sense of the future because academia and universities are the big brains to a certain extent of, of tourism. And the good thing about tourism is it's a multidisciplinary field. So many, so I'm a social scientist, but scenario planning is multidisciplinary. I need to know what the engineers and the computer sciences scientists are writing about. I need to know what the climatologists are saying and what the economists are saying, because I need to bring all of that together for it to make sense for tourism and where it's going because, and you need to understand. So that's because it's multidisciplinary and it's those types of aspects would bring it together. And the other thing about tourism, it's such a diverse industry. It's everything from five-star luxury resorts to spiritual spiritual adventures in Thailand and, and community tourism. So the diversity and breadth is what I enjoy um, about tourism. And tourism today is a very serious industry. Um, and an example of that is if you look to most governments of the world, they have a minister of tourism in cabinet. And it's, it's rare. You don't have a minister for AI um, or you don't have a minister for financial services, but there is a minister of tourism. So it's, it's, it's a representation from a political perspective of the importance of the subject uh, and the field. If you have um, somebody in cabinet in the terms it's coming. And in Scotland, you have a minister of, tur- there's a minister of tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, it, it's, a, that's why it's an important industry. Thank you so much, Ian. Thanks so much for sharing your insightful thoughts. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Tourism Geographies podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we look forward to seeing you again in the next episode. Should you have any ideas, questions or comments that you'd like to feed through to the production team of the Tourism Geographies podcast, please feel free to make contact with one of us. Or perhaps you yourself might be engaging in tourism research that suits the aim of the podcast. If you do, please drop us a line and let us know. To find out more about tourism geographies, the journal, you can go to Google and type in tourism geographies and soon enough you'll be directed to the journal website. Until next time, take care, safe travels, and stay tuned.